Amateur Cast! Welcome to Amateur Cast! This is a good show called Amateur Cast. Sorry, Kobe and Sebastian. Well, we will be so fast. Because this is Amateur Cast! Oh, God. We have no theme song yet. Um, hi. Welcome to Amateur Cast, the show where we pretend to know what we're talking about. And pretend that we can sing, apparently. My name is Sebastian Limon, and I am joined with Colby Leapies. I'm not pretending. I can sing really well. I just don't feel like it right now. Oh, okay. Just trust me. That's fine. Yeah, so you just made me humiliate myself, huh? That's cool. I don't know what you mean. That was really beautiful. Oh, thank you, Colby. You see, guys, get yourself a friend that appreciates your awful singing and will let you humiliate yourself and convince you that you did a good job. Not only will I do that. But because I'm editing this episode, um, I'll make your singing even louder. <laughs> so welcome. You're just like having like a repeat of it. Yeah. I'll, no, no. Over and over again. <laughs> I'll just put it like, just sprinkle it at random intervals throughout the episode. Yeah, just like at random times. It'll be yeah. like a serious conversation and then, how about you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have I, all the power because I can cut out all my embarrassing voice cracks and sneezes. But anything you tell me to cut out, I will amplify anytime you have like a voice crack you just randomly hear hoorah just a man voice you'd hear a different (laughs) guy like a voice actor that i hired with a super deep manly voice instead of today we'll be talking about m9 Shyamalan. it'll be m9 Shyamalan. (laughs) i hired bruce willis i hired bruce willis basically yeah (laughs) speaking of m9 Shyamalan, ladies and gentlemen what the heck we will be talking about M. Night Shyamalan today for our very special episode of Amateur Cast. Uh, Colby, what the heck are we talking about? What, are we, what did we watch? Tell well, us. Well, um, uh, our good old friend M. Night um, just oh, had a new movie come out. Uh, it's about a beach that makes you old. And, oh, no. Um, I know, based on that concept, you're probably thinking, what could they possibly title such an out there creative idea but um the answer is the movie's called get this seb i'm ready old oh my god that's the title it's not old it's old. oh you get older every time you say it um i think both you and i have a lot of thoughts on it i don't know if we i don't know how you feel about the movie i just know that there's a lot to talk about because it's out there yes it's Uh, it's it's a movie that was released for sure by a man it certainly is a film Um, (laughs) i'll just i don't want to give any any of my thoughts away but i will just say that i certainly did spend two hours in a movie theater correct that's a great it's a great assumption that's actually that's not even a that's a great fact a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and uh, basically, in order to try to better understand uh, how Shyamalan and we as a society got to this point, we will be um, also reviewing two of his earliest and to this day still most successful, most popular films. Uh, the Sixth Sense, uh, which is, of course... His, his classic, the one that put him on the map, the one that is generally mm-hmm. considered his best. Yeah. Talk about peaking too soon. And his follow-up to The Sixth Sense, uh, 
Unbreakable. Correct. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Sixth Sense, shall we? Uh, so the Sixth Sense, you know what it's about. It's directed and written by M. Night Shyamalan. It's about this uh, stars Bruce Willis, Haley Joel Osment. Uh, oh my God, I forgot her name. Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Oh my, I'm so sorry, Tony. She's great in this. Um, oh, she's so good. Uh, y- y- you know what it's about. You know what. You know what this is. It's a classic. It has that twist. It's labeled as one of the greatest or at least one of the most influential or like groundbreaking movies ever. Like that's it. It created a conversation for years. Like people flooded the theater going, holy shit, you have got to see this. And I I can't think of the last time a movie did that with its twist. Yeah, uh, we should we should clarify. We should make a blanket statement. We're going to be spoiling all three of these movies. Um, yes, the Sixth Sense has probably the most famous twist ending of any movie in film history. Yes, if you if you haven't seen it, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you probably still know what it is. But if you don't know what it is and you're listening to this, um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to this. That's a silly person thing to do. And Unbreakable um, is 20 years old. So I don't, whatever, we're not going to spoil it. Uh, Old is a little bit more recent. It has been out for like several weeks now. It's not as old. Oh. It's not old as young. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, we're going to be doing a bunch of spoilers. Sixth Sense, most famous twist ending ever. Um, Bruce Willis is a slave. What's I'm that? Sorry. What'd you say? I said Bruce Willis is a sleigh. He's a sleigh? <laughs> so, you know, like uh, Citizen Kane? Oh. <laughs> oh, God. I, had I, was, to like, be, I... I was like, Santa? What? Did he play Santa? <laughs> no. That was an awful, awful that was try. That good. <laughs> no, um, I mean, probably the most famous twist ending before this was Psycho. Um, oh, true. Right? Which I feel or, like. Or um, Empire. Of course, yeah, of course. No, that's not a twist. It's more of like a. Well, is that a twist? What would that be like? A, it is a, a revelation. Twist. It is a twist. I forget that it's an ending. It doesn't feel like yeah. it's an ending, you know. But it is. It is True. like the third act. So you're right. Empire Strikes. Yeah, no, it is the third act. That at that point, that's when shit's hitting the fan. So. Yeah, this movie, in terms of psycho comparison, feels very Hitchcock to me. Like from the very first. Um, the very first scene, the opening, uh, where the where Olivia Williams' character uh, mm-hmm. walks down into their wine cellar, she feels a chill. She runs up the stairs. Something about it visually really communicates like Hitchcock '60s. I can't explain yeah. exactly what it is, and that's really difficult to pull off for most directors. Without it being super, like, oh look, this is. It was a guy just trying to emulate Hitchcock. It didn't feel that way at all. It just felt yeah. inspired by it, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of directors like to make movies that are emulating either a certain old director or a certain, uh, you know, bygone time period. And it's like you watch it and mm-hmm. you get the homage, but there's nothing, there's no mistaking that it's from now. You know, if you watch Once yeah, Upon yeah, a yeah. Time in Hollywood, which is 100% like trying to be a 60s movie, there's, there's, you're not going to turn it on and go, 
okay, well, was this from the 60s? Like, regardless of who's no, in no. it, you know, just the way it, it looks, the way it's stylized, that's not a diss on what's fun in time in Hollywood, but a lot of directors try to um, make movies look old. Even Mank, which is a very impressive job, like looking like a 40s movie, still it's still pretty like clearly yeah. a 2020 movie emulating a yeah. 40s movie. The Sixth Sense isn't doing as like broad and on the nose of an homage as those, but it still just has this very 60s It's Hitchcock clearly influenced by it, yeah. Quality, yeah, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure Shyamalan would and probably has said on record that Hitchcock is like a major influence on him just as a... Uh, it's like, yeah, his like biggest influence, his idol. Yeah, I mean, the guy writes horrors and thrillers with big twists, so obviously he loves Hitchcock. And he cameos yeah. in every one of his movies, which is like a move that Hitchcock pioneered. So I'm sure he, uh, right, he right, took right, that right. note from him. I'm sure he worships Hitchcock much like every yeah. other filmmaker, film bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Um, I did. I'm probably one of the. I wouldn't say one of the few, but. I I I have I'm able to say say that I have an experience of seeing it with someone who has who had no idea how the movie ended. That's fun. It, which was my brother. We were in. I remember we took a trip to the beach. We rented a beach house, and the Sixth Sense was on. It was like in the did you first did minute. you get old on the beach? Did the beach make you old? Actually, yes. This was last week, and um, I was seven. <laughs> last week no. i am 47 <laughs> um uh no basically yeah we started to watch it and my my brother knew about the movie the sixth sense but for some reason he didn't know it ended that way and we didn't know he didn't know either until the ending of the movie when it happens he's like what he freaked out <laughs> And we thought the whole time, like, oh, he knows, because it's like, yeah, Lu- Luke is, Darth Vader is Luke's father, Bruce yep. Willis is a ghost at the end. You know, it's it's one of those things that you just know. And so it was yep. awesome to be able to experience that and to say I have a story about somebody freaking out at the end of that of that movie. Um, I don't remember knowing. Or like finding out the first time of the, the of the ending, because I, I I feel like that's just kind of common knowledge <laughs> at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't remember watching it and being whoa. I think I learned that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time from like some old YouTube film video essay. You know about yeah like, yeah like for watch Mojo or something. Yeah, <laughs> probably watch Mojo. <laughs> It was um, probably Watch Mojo. But, uh, yeah, top 10 twist endings of all time. Number 10. Yeah, number <laughs> one. Um, number one, the sixth sense. How could we <laughs> not have this as number one? I can just hear yeah. it now. Stupid exactly. Watch Mojo. I, when I watched it, and I watched the sixth sense for the first time somewhat recently, I think it was last year, I, I went in knowing the twist. That didn't, like, ruin it for me. I still appreciated it, and mm-hmm. um, I still appreciated, like, all the moments before the ending where there are little foreshadows and little hints. I will oh, say yeah. that I, Very I had the twist in my mind, like out of order. I thought that the ending was, I see dead people, but you learn that the kid oh. is seeing dead people 
like ha- like less than halfway through the movie. Yeah, like very like very early on. Yeah, which in my mind makes me think, wow, I mean, maybe this twist was kind of obvious, but it's hard to say because I have not had the experience of going in not knowing that he's dead. So it's like right. with hindsight, I can think, well, once they say he sees dead people, wouldn't people start to suspect that Bruce Willis is dead? But yeah. <laughs> no, I they, I think they cleverly disguise the fact. Like right. upon rewatching it, it's like you it's 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 how how could you have not seen it? I think right because I I see what you're saying and that it's a I don't I wouldn't say it's obvious but it's there, like the hints are there. His wife doesn't even look at him. Um, I don't think you you ever see him talking to Haley Joe Osmond's mom at any point, but you think he does. Yeah, when you, you look back he... at it, it's like they have a lot of scenes together, but they never communicate to each other. But they never communicate, which is really clever and yeah. really well done. And it's there's no surprise when watching this, like why it's why it's hailed the way that it is, honestly. With the twist ending, with um, the characterization, it's a very realistic, spooky story. Yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate thriller, I think. I love the slow burn of it. Like, both this one and Unbreakable are a very slow-paced, character-driven movies. And I mm. love that shit. I really do. And, I mean, we'll get to Unbreakable. But um, Sixth Sense... Again, I I'm gonna have to say we I've said this before we were recording. There's really not much else that you can say that's already been said about the movie. In my I think, yeah, I I, mean, I, I do it's love good. um, it's great, yeah. Um, Tony Collette, I I don't think has spoken much about. She she's such an underrated actress, in everything she's in, and she's great in this, and I I just love. Love the dynamic between her and her son. It's, yeah. it's great. It's, it's uh, it feels super real. I kind of, I I ache for their relationship, and for her to understand and to see him. It's it's really well done, and it. We'll, we'll get to old, but it I it's like a it's it's insane how much Shyamalan has, gone from this to. Old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary in 2018 is one of the best I've ever seen, hands down. Um, right. And this feels in, as another movie where she's a stressed out mother of a child who dabbles in the supernatural and maybe is demonically possessed. Um, <laughs> maybe. This feels very much like a precursor to Hereditary for her career. She's really good in this. She got an Oscar nomination for this, which is very well-deserved. Also very impressive is Haley Joel Osment receiving an Oscar nomination for this movie at 11 years old. Fantastic performance. Easily he gives one of the best child performances in this. He's really, he's very adult in the movie. Like, like it's, it's yeah. a fine balance because he still comes off as very innocent and very sweet and very boyish. But he also like... He's a kid, yeah. He dresses in, like, very adult clothes, which I always find funny. <laughs> True, um, yeah. yeah. And, like, the last scene is, like, him basically being his mom's therapist. Like, she, like he gets her to, like, talk through her trauma, and then he hugs her, and he's like, it's going to be okay. And yeah. it's, like, it's so weird yeah. to see this little 11-year-old with stubby arms, like, comforting Tony Collette. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but he's excellent. He's excellent in it. Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. I love the balance of horror elements and drama. Um, it, I, I, it's more that I'm just kind of baffled at why. How did he come to this point? I don't know. Because you watch this and it's like, it's really masterfully done, especially, we'll get to Unbreakable. Both movies, I think, are like done by a man who seems that he's been making movies forever, yeah. in my opinion. And I, I'm just more like shocked and confused, like what happened, <laughs> you know? Hubris. You pull you pull something off impressively, and then you just want to do more and more and more. And I feel like if you look at his filmography, it's not that he got lucky early on and then forgot how to make movies, which is a misconception that I think I had for a long time. It's that he made some really damn good movies with some clever twists, and that became the expectation, was that every one of his movies had to have a twist, and they all had to be clever, and they all had to, you know what I mean? They all had to have these foreshadows and these secrets. That and that, I think... Anything that he did was gold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You get yeah. to the point well, where ego just gets in the way and it's like, I can do whatever I want. I Everybody worships me. And yes. they're going to they're gonna go see it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when in one of your first movies, people are calling you the next Hitchcock or the next Spielberg, like you're going to get in your own head. And um, Oh, yeah, for sure. Something that he... I, I do think that between this and Unbreakable... There are a lot of uh, hints of what would come later in his career. Both of them are horror slash thriller. Um, yeah. With supernatural elements, right? But they're they're yeah. very very deeply founded in a core of like a very character driven story, where both mm-hmm. of them are all about a domestic family issue. Before they're about ghosts or superpowers, they are about domestic family issues. Right. It's always Bruce Willis with a wife that doesn't like him and a kid that's messed up. <laughs> right? In a way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're both they're both that. Um when you get down the line later in Shyamalan's career, like the visit and especially old, it old. seems like he's trying to do the same thing. Like old is like a family domestic issue based story. But he gets With really carried away yeah. and bogged down in, and we'll talk about this more when we get to old, but in yeah, one, yeah, yeah. like, introducing too much logic and explanation for his twist, like, I think he's so convinced now that there has to be a twist that he just bends common sense and logic as much as he possibly can to reach the twist that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And also, I think in a big problem with old is its supporting characters and how much focus they pull away from the main point of the story. Well, okay, there, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We will, but we'll there's, there. there's little little <laughs> droplets of that in The Sixth Sense. Um, right. I don't think it's too much in The Sixth Sense that it, it becomes a problem like it does in old, but um, there's a sequence uh, at that girl's funeral you know what I'm talking about? Where uh, oh, where I, Haley that's Joel a great Osment. sequence. Yeah, it's a great sequence. But I I was sitting through it and I realized like we've been watching this random guy, the grieving father, for like 
five, six minutes unbroken without a shot of Haley Joel Osment or Bruce Willis or any of our main cast. Mm. That's interesting. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this... I think it, and it, and I think it works. It, it works great. It works well, and I don't get why it works well for this and not for oh. I just think there's more there's more constraint and more reserve in this one. You know, it's five yeah. or it's five or six minutes, and it, it is playing directly towards the story of Haley Joel Osment. Towards the story and, and what's going on, yeah. Yeah, but later on, he just lets his supporting characters and their random ass backstories kind of pull attention and get in the way yeah and he just pulls out the weirdest and most random things from side characters and you're just like why is that there Wait, yeah. what why did it yeah. yeah i don't i don't i don't know but um i don't have much to say else about the sixth sense because it's i don't know it's yeah it's great it's a classic it's the sixth sense you've seen it <laughs> mm-hmm not much to say about it but yeah it, it's still very impressive but i do have more to say about unbreakable do you but, have um, anything about the sixth sense that you you dislike or you gripe with not not that i no not that i can name i mean no i can't think of anything what about you there's one sequence in the movie that i i just i mean maybe i'm just being totally stupid but i've watched it twice now and i just don't get it like when he's playing the t- the old tape of Vincent Gray and he speeds it up and it sounds like it's like Latin or Spanish. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, and then he runs to the church. I don't get what that is. What's happening? <laughs> That's a great question. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't get what I don't get I what do. that sequence has to do with. It's a, it's a weird little tangent in the movie for me. I remember. No. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I just. That's a great question. I will answer it. <laughs> um some other time <laughs> i don't okay, know <laughs> maybe somebody can watch the movie and go oh it, it's this duh and then they can put it in the comments for me i don't know i didn't get that but yeah. whatever other than that i feel like this is a pretty close to perfect movie i think it's really yes. solid it's, it's a really pretty uh, awesome pretty it's well a very done. early peak for Shyamalan. <laughs> that's yes. for sure do, do you want to rate it uh nine ten i ten i'm gonna give it ten it's a classic dang i'd give it and I'm right between like eight and nine. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say whichever. Nine. nine? Nice. I I'll like say it. nine. I don't have any major flaws with it. It's just good. It's just damn good. Correct. Yes, I agree. Now let's go to Unbreakable. Um, in my opinion, is the most underrated movie ever, or one of them. And ever. whoa. And my personal favorite of Shyamalan's. Uh, Unbreakable stars Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my God, what's her name? <laughs> From Princess Bride. Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, basically, the movie is what if Superman lived on Earth and never realized that he was Superman, and um, it's about Bruce Willis who in the beginning of the movie is in a train accident and he's the only survivor. There is no scratches, no broken bones, nothing. Like if nothing had happened to him at all. He miraculously is the only one that survives. And he's, it's almost like, because uh, he's in the middle of a divorce. He's, uh, you know, he's not, he's not happy at his job. And so it's almost like a, 
like a wake up call for him to do something better in life in a way. And then it also is about Elijah Prince, who Sam Jackson plays. And he's uh, he has this disease where his bones are so fragile that they're almost like glass in a way where they he can break his bones easily at any point. Like he falls and his his bones are broken. It's been like that since his, he's been a little baby, which is like a great opening sequence to the movie. And um, Elijah is obsessed with comic books. He's been a, a comic book fanatic since he was little. It's what he's been able to kind of grab onto and kind of read and uh, be able to do, to kind of pass by his time and, because, you know, he, 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 as a kid, he was always neglected and bullied and for being a weirdo and comic books was always there for him. And so he's a huge comic book fan. And he contacts Bruce Willis, David Dunn, and think telling him these crazy conspiracies and I, ideas that he might be a superhero. And I love this movie. It's an all time favorite for mine, for me. I, it's easily Shyamalan's best movie. It's Bruce Willis's best performance. Maybe Sam Jackson's best performance. Uh, gorgeous cinematography. I love the the pacing of the movie. It's super slow, but it's super intriguing. You want to know what happens next. I think early on, with that train accident, from then on, you just, I I'm hooked into the movie and if this were to come out in the last five years it would be like praise for being super like it, it revitalized the superhero genre it's like a, a different it's super uh, original and how do I say it refreshing that's the word Critics would be saying, oh, what a refreshing take on superhero movies. Because superhero movies are everywhere today. This came out in 2000. The only time. <laughs> the only, the only like, what, superhero movie that was out, like, that was getting popular was, what, X-Men? Like, we had Superman and we had Batman. But um, it's not like superhero movies were everywhere at this point. So this is one of those cases where this was pretty much ahead of its time. And people, when this came out, not many, it just, it wasn't as big as The Sixth Sense. And, you know, people were even comparing it to The Sixth Sense, saying, uh, not fair. I don't think it's fair at all. I mean, I, I understand Sixth Sense is huge. People were excited about that. And then um, a new movie from the same guy comes out and you're like, oh my God, what's a twist here? Is the twist as great? No, but I don't think the movie works because of its twist. I think the movie works because of everything around it. Uh, I'm going on a tangent. Colby, what do you think of Unbreakable? I had not seen this movie until this morning. Oh. Uh, I got to be honest, I went in with pretty low expectations just because mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of Shyamalan. I, 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 like we just talked about, I think The Sixth Sense is great, but he's just pretty much gone downhill since. <laughs> um since the early 2000s so i i went in with pretty low expectations especially after hearing that glass was terrible 
Um, yeah. But I did I did really enjoy the movie. The opening kind of made me chuckle because the opening is this weird, like, there's, like, this on-screen text. And it's like, this many comic books are sold every year. This many children will spend this many hours every day reading a comic. It, it <laughs> looks like it's about to be, a, like, a documentary about the deathly dangers of reading comics. It was very <laughs> funny. And then, like, at the end, there's, like, this... There's like this on-screen text of like what happened to the characters after, as if it's real. It's like, oh, like it was real life. Like, <laughs> in the end, Elijah yeah. Price was in prison for 17 years. Antiquity, David yeah. Dunn would move. To, it was like, it was just very kind of goofy documentary-ish. So I was kind of going into it thinking this is gonna be something, but it, it turned out very, very good. I like you said, I really like the slow uh, pacing of it, the slow burn of it, finding out about Bruce Willis's powers and, and uh, Elijah Price's, or as he goes by, Mr. Glass's Mr. backstory. Glass. Love it. Love it. Um, something interesting I noticed about about uh, Samuel L. Jackson is that in each of his, th- in, in the first scene of each of his three stages of life, right? The first scene of the movie is uh, him being born as a baby. And then one of the later scenes is him as like a, like a young child. And then after that, you get Samuel L. Jackson. So each time it shifts actors to a new era of Mr. Glass's life. Mm -hmm. We first see him reflected in Glass. Yeah. Great. The first scene, uh, you see him being born through a mirror. Second scene, you see him through a TV screen. Third time, you see him through the glass case in his uh, display in his art museum. Yes. And that, I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I, tried to like start reading into it as like oh this is kind of foreshadow that he's like a reflection of david dunn he's like the opposite he's the mirrored version and that that might be true it also might just be because his name's glass um yeah <laughs> but they're yeah, that's very what his cool life is. pretty flashy shots Shyamalan yeah. kind of showing off his direct his directorial uh prowess it's good when he was in the height of his powers yeah i think it's done well here especially that yeah. sequence in uh Early on, it was Bruce Willis in the train. Back mm-hmm. and forth, yeah. long shot of him. He's married, uh, and when he's hitting on that woman, he takes off his ring, and uh, that he doesn't like the rain. Great stuff. Yeah, I love that you see that entire sequence only through, like the little space in between the car the space seat. in between the car seats. The, yeah, the, it's the, almost the like seat headrests. It's like it's very like we're not supposed to be seeing this, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah. Looks like it's kind of like secret behind closed doors that he's exactly that he's doing. Like, that's that. We don't we have met then. his wife. We mm-hmm. don't know anything about the relationship with the wife at this point. All we see is him taking off the ring and flirting with a woman, and so we're like, oh, it's kind of voyeuristic, right? And just that you just know, oh, there's there's marital issues. It's perfect. It's perfectly done. Yeah, yeah. Shyamalan makes a lot of very uh, distinctive visual choices that I thought paid off pretty well. Oh yeah. Uh, some of them are pretty flashy, but. Not without like too much good reason. I feel mm-hmm. like later on, especially in old, uh, oh. he just does like crazy flashy shots that don't have much reason, and they're so flashy that they're like nauseating. It's yes, crazy. I can't wait to talk about that. Oh my god, you're thank you yeah. for noticing that. Um, <laughs> when it comes to the comic bookness of this movie, it was really interesting watching it for the first time. Now that we live in the time of comic book movies being the most mainstream, the most popular, the most powerful thing. Yeah. Because 
that in a way that really makes this movie like outdated. Uh, the whole angle on Samuel L. Jackson's character is that he's an outcast. And so he obsesses over comic books, right? And right. he sees comic books as an art form and this makes him a weirdo, right? It's like to have this creepy old guy, but he loves comics, which are supposed to be like a, like just a kid's thing, like, like an obscure nerdy kid's thing like that. That angle doesn't really work anymore because now everybody's obsessed with comics. You know what uh, I mean? I don't agree. I don't, I don't think it's just that, though. I think this it's just everything about him. <laughs> the, the fact that he has a disease. Um, I, I, I mean, he's a... Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't agree to that and that it's uh, outdated, if, if that's what you're saying. Well, I don't, I don't say it uh, to say that the movie... Or that that character is bad. I think it works really well because it takes place in 2000. I just think mm -hmm. that if the movie came out today, it would be very different the way it talks about comic culture. Right? Because it's so mainstream right. now. Maybe. Um, yeah. But you're right. It, it it works really well the way that his, his, uh, his condition making him kind of outcasted from society is reflected in his comic book shop. Yeah. Um, or his art gallery, I mean. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah, it's, character. It's just interesting. Very realized. And, um, yeah, he, he is very good in this. I wouldn't call it his best performance just because he's given so many good ones. Uh, the bar is so high for him. Oh, but, but like... He's, he's very good in it. Sam Jackson is always known for, like, the loud swearing, bad mouth. Yeah, like right. the loud bad mouth performance that he makes. Here he's super subdued and quiet and weird and he has this insane haircut and he's wearing purple and he has a cane or he's in a wheelchair and it, sometimes I forget it's even Sam Jackson. I, yeah, I forget right. that it's, the, it's Jules from Pulp Fiction or it's Nick Fury from The Avengers. It's, this is a this is Mr. Glass. So I I, I don't know, it's it's definitely top three if not my favorite performance from him per personally yeah he does disappear into it sometimes it's a very subdued very different performance for him yeah it reminds me slightly of his performance in Django Unchained which is actually yeah. more, more broad calls more attention to itself but it's still it's that feeble conniving character disgusting that's, it's very different despicable. for him but he's very good at it <laughs> yeah that that also has like hints of like classic Sam Jackson where he's just screaming and swearing, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like you forget. Oh shoot, that's Sam Jackson. Yeah, great makeup. Yeah, his acting of him being old. Great stuff. Um and Bruce Willis. My God, what happened to him? He used to be in a fantastic actor. Best performance in my opinion. Again, super subdued. Sup like you can tell just from his face that. There's just so much going on with him. He's not happy. He wants to do better. He's just, you can tell that he's just always in his mind. And that he knows that... That you know that he is destined for something better. And it's, I think it's also a redemption movie for him. Because initially, essentially, you know, like when we meet him... Like I said earlier, he's at the end of his marriage. And he's depressed at work. And, and now that he's found his purpose, he's happy damn it like he's fulfilling what he's supposed to do the at the yeah, end and when, he's also fixing his relationship with his son which is such with a his major son. part of his arc in this movie he, oh, so he good. can't connect with his son in the beginning and then 
him gaining superpowers kind of makes his son look up to him and idolize him, which also has negative effects. His son pulls a gun on him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, wild, great scene. Wild scene. Great scene. Oh my god. Yeah, fantastic stuff. I love that they added that to show the the negative aspect of of essentially your son thinking you're a superhero. Mm-hmm. That that's true. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great scene. Again, another one done in like one take. There's many one takes, but they're not flashy. A lot. I don't think they're yeah. flashy. They're like done almost invisible way to just let the actors act and be be there. And it's so, it works very well for the movie, I think. It's almost Spielbergian in a way. I was, yeah, I wrote that down too. I was thinking that the, his first movie feels like it's emulating Hitchcock. This one sort of feels like it's emulating Spielberg. I mean, it's a little Close Encounters. It's a little... True, true. Um, hmm, maybe... I don't know. I feel like it's super original. I mean, it almost feels E.T. Not not in, in subject, but just um, its score by James Newton Howard feels pretty John Williams. Like, it feels like it's... Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got this kind of, like, hopeful, inspirational, while, while also, while also being you moody. know, mystic and kind of moody quality to it. Incredible score. One of my favorites of all time, honestly. I Very love good. the theme to, like, I can't hum it, like, ding, 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 ding. You, you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> I can sing, guys, I promise. But, um, I, I, very underrated movie. Um, but I do, I feel like a lot of people recently, especially recently, have, like, noticing that, yeah, this is one of, if not Shyamalan's best movie. It's my personal favorite of his. Like I said, it's one of my just all-time favorites in general. I adore this movie. It's a. I love the arc of David Dunn. I love the. The color palette, you know, with um, Elijah is wearing purple the whole time, and even like his, his uh art museum or whatever it's called is just there's layers of purple. Mm-hmm. Um, David, is green. There's like his house is. Yeah. Shades of green, the the trench coat, shades of green. And then that works into later with Split, where James McAvoy is like a little bit of yellow. Um, Split was good. Glass was doo-doo. But, um, yeah, I, I love this. It's a, I feel like it's ahead of its time. I feel like it's timeless. It features some of the most underrated performances, underrated it's it's to me it's the definition of underrated i think this movie hmm. personally another one would be uh oh spider-man 3 i think <laughs> oh dude i love spider-man 3 i'm a defender of that movie too yeah that movie's awesome i love it it's it's the stupidest one but i think it's great um do you have anything else to say about unbreakable homie i think you'll probably disagree with this but uh, while watching this in Sixth Sense, it kind of occurred to me that I think Bruce Willis is a very good actor. I I can't think of a time that he's given like, for me, an amazing performance that blew me away. Okay. But he just works really well in all the movies that he's in, and most of the movies he's been in have been like these great classics like he's in so many iconic movies yes pulp fiction die hard sixth sense he's in 
And some of my favorite movies too, like Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise, I was going to say Moonrise Kingdom. He's yeah. in so many like absolutely iconic movies. And whenever I see him, I feel like his performance, and maybe, maybe it's not so much a matter of quality. Maybe it's a matter of humility. You know, he's never showy. He's never doing a big screaming, crying Oscar bait scene. He just no. is very like, just very, uh, he really serves the movies that he's in. Yeah. Which I in think this is one, he's like great. very mopey, yeah. very subtle, very restrained. It works well. Mm-hmm. It's just funny, like, to think that th- this guy that has been in The Sixth Sense and Pulp Fiction and, like, these <laughs> major, like, best picture movies, like, isn't the type of guy to give the big showy Oscar rate performance and to have had right, all right, these right. nominations. I don't think he's ever been nominated for an Oscar. I will need to check this. Let me see. Bruce Willis nomination. Not that that... Uh, decide somebody's uh, skill as an actor. There's plenty. He's only been nominated for a Golden Globe. Hmm. What for? It's a movie called um, In Country. What? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Weird. In Country. He's good in 12 Monkeys, too. And he's very good in Over the Hedge. (laughs) (laughs) Who is he in Over the Hedge? (laughs) He's the raccoon. Oh, he's RJ? He's RJ. <laughs> oh my god. I haven't seen that movie since I was a little kid. I had no idea that was him. I didn't, he so doesn't funny. sound like I him know either. Steve Carell is the squirrel. Steve Carell. Oh my god. What else? Who, um, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> Nick Nolte. <laughs> Weird cast. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. We should do an over the hedge episode. Oh god. Please no. <laughs> a DreamWorks episode. I'd rather do that. But, um, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, anything else to say, Colby? I don't think so. I was very, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. That's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, ten out of ten, obviously for me. I adore this movie. Fantastic, uh, Colby. I'm gonna give it an eight. Nice. All right, now let's poo poo. Let's poo poo all over his new stuff. Shyamalan, you hack. So old. 2021 he's got to be self-aware at this point right have you seen old yes i have (laughs) i feel like it's the most unself-aware movie (laughs) (laughs) i know um sorry explain it's a movie about a family the parents are going through a stage where they're getting ready to separate but they haven't told the kids yet the mom has a, a tumor and they're, they're oh, going yeah. through all these issues, so they take their kids for a vacation so they can give them a nice week at the beach before breaking the bad news. And then they go to the beach, and they get stuck on the beach with some other families. And it's a beach that is supposedly magically makes you old. Oh. Everybody on the beach starts growing at a rapid rate. They, the, the adults start getting wrinkles and skinny, and they start... Uh, you know, losing their minds. The the kids suddenly start becoming like teenagers and adults, and they become different actors. Gross stuff happens to their bodies. <laughs> um, hormones and crazy shit. I I don't think this is a bad concept. At least the the whole like tying the the phenomenon to like a specific beach. I thought mm-hmm. it was is weird, but I don't think I think a movie about a family having to face like rapid aging and using that for horror 
is a pretty good idea. Yes, I agree. that's the thing that everyone in the world is scared of, getting older and dying. <laughs> <laughs> and just the thought of, like, losing such precious years, you know what I mean? Like, they even if you're in movie, fourth yeah. grade one day and then you're an adult, it's like, oh, I didn't get to experience the joys of being a teenager, you know? That's yeah, horrific. like prom and and uh, learning to drive a car stuff. I think they they even mentioned it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think this concept is pretty solid, but he just gets in his own way at every possible corner by focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, it's crazy to me. He focuses on these weird random side characters. There's a guy that's like a rapper. I don't know why. I don't know why that's his thing, but his main thing is that he's a rapper. Um. There's a character, and this is this is a, a another issue with the movie, which is that the exposition oh my god uh, is always delivered so like bluntly <laughs> and like non-humanly. But there's literally a line early on in the movie where a character says, "Hi, this is my wife. She has epilepsy. My name is Jared. I'm a nurse." That is literal line of dialogue in this movie. And then the the person he's talking to responds. And introduces himself, and then he repeats, "My name is Jared, by the way." And then the scene's over. Jared is not a human. There are no humans in this movie. Not a single human. <sighs> they all talk like robots. Was that was that in, was that intentional? I've heard people f- say that they think it's intentional. I can't imagine it would be. If it Why is, I don't be, think though? that makes it better. I don't think that something. Being I don't intentional think it makes it better makes either. It okay. But um, I feel like it's just that Shyamalan didn't focus on on modulating his actors' performances. I feel like he must have just been too focused on all his weird other stuff he was doing. I don't know. Well, okay. I'm not sure how many other Shyamalan movies you've seen, but since Lady in the Water, this is what he's been like known for. I haven't seen The Happening. Yeah. I've seen sequences. Holy crap, I need to see that movie. And this comes close in terms of just being baffled at what you're watching. Like, who makes choices like this and says, okay, we're good. Let's keep going. You know what I mean? I just think he, he gets distracted. He gets all, he lets his hubris and his weird ideas get in his way. And yeah. he doesn't put in the effort into worrying about the intricacies of the performance and modulating the dialogue. I don't know. It's just, I'm not there behind the scenes. I, I was, I, I'm not sure what to think or feel or rate this movie (laughs) because it does have a solid concept. Like you said, I do love the concept. It's a fun, high concept horror movie. You go to a beach and you turn old, you need to escape. No one can escape. Now what? Fun idea. Terrible, terrible, awkward dialogue weird awkward camera blocking with the actors weird but yes. i can kind of um okay because there's moments where the camera just kind of spins around and does like these crazy 360 shots yeah, or it does like crazy crash zooms yeah and it's like it's i can admire him trying to do something different but it just does not work at all in the movie. I also feel like this is meant to be an intimate family story. I the, but what it, there's no humans in this movie. I know. Like <laughs> it's, like this movie could work so well if the characters were like Jordan Peele if it was made just this. It's like a very intimate character-driven story like Sixth Sense is. Yes. 
But instead, his flashy filmmaking gets in the way and like draws focus. His flashy draws filmmaking is awkward dialogue is yeah, it's Yeah. I don't mm. I, I don't hate I, I don't know. Do you hate movie, this movie? I don't hate it. Um I wouldn't say I hate it. I definitely didn't enjoy watching it. Oh, I enjoyed myself watching it. Like I that, you it's, did? It's yes. It was like funny. Yes, I was laughing the entire movie. Me okay. and my brother were just laughing. I I'm seeing this again. Definitely. I might even own mm. this. This was fun. Not a good movie. <laughs> it's not good. Is this like a happening for you? Uh not I think happening is funnier. But okay. it's definitely Edward came back to life and made a movie. Definitely. Edward. <laughs> <laughs> to me it reminded me of Tommy Wiseau. Bro, the dialogue oh, yes. Felt- like, Hello, I the am way Tommy. that Tommy Wiseau his 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 dialogue would be so disjointed and fractured, like characters would just spout out different bits of information that don't flow. You know? Yeah, it's just. Hello, like, I need roses. I like this dog. You're my favorite customer. Goodbye. Yeah, like, that's what this movie sounds like. Just weird stage, awkward, not right. Just it's just not right. You're watching this and you're like, something is wrong. And I it's was. Just not how people talk. I was in shock. Is there anything that you genuinely liked about the movie? Besides the concept. Hmm. Because um, I don't want to shit on it too both much. both Alex Wolf and Thomas and McKenzie, who are both actors I'm very partial to, uh, very strong, upcoming, exciting young actors, I think both were very good. Um, they both have to play like children in teenager and adult bodies. Uh-huh. And they have to play to that immaturity and that emotional right. lack of understanding. And uh-huh. I thought they, they did, both did very well. Okay. I don't like the way either of their characters are handled no. at all no. in no. the story. No. I think a lot of it is not just like bad storytelling or like weird clunky, but it's also like, honestly, I, I hate to say this. I think that... um the way he portrays the kids in this movie came off to me as a little gross and exploitative and even like a little fetishy. It was weird. Oh, really? Did you get that impression? Like with the pregnancy thing and just like the way it would focus on these kids' bodies. Okay, the pregnancy thing, to me, that made, like, I don't know why that was in the movie at all. Think about it. When that when that happens, for okay, for one... They're getting older, but their minds are still the minds of six-year-old, ten-year-old, however mm-hmm. old they are, right? And mm-hmm. the sequence where Alex Wolf or what Nate Wolf, one of them, Alex. The, the guy, <laughs> the teenage boy and the teenage girl of the other family are in the tent, and oh, they're still they're small ages, and it's clear after that sequence that they're having sex. Yeah. Um, how? They came up with, or how they know what sex is, no idea. What where that came from, no idea. And then they hey, kind what of does this thing do yeah exactly like how do you, how do they even know that? And then she's pregnant immediately because you know yeah the the because the beach because obviously right, yeah yeah which is fine her her nine months of pregnancy is reduced to like fifteen minutes yeah yeah which is fine, but when the baby is born it dies almost immediately and has nothing to do with the plot like there's nothing significant that happens to them from from the baby 
Like, what? Okay, she gets pregnant. She gives birth to the baby. The baby dies. She doesn't die. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's an idea of the horror of growing fast. It's like, what, what, in what ways can I make growing fast aging fast scary that's uh yeah I, I get pregnancy. that that's fine that but feels like just it... exploitative to me it's not yeah yeah i agree it's more like it weird rather than there was a point to it to be in the story i'm fine with weirdness in movies especially horror movies i want horror to be weird sometimes because weird can be scary but there was no point to it i didn't think i was just like yeah. wait okay so she just about... died what okay Moving on? Like, what was the point of that? Like, yeah. I completely forgot that happened. Yeah. I felt the same way about um, later in the movie when the Eliza Scanlon's character's mom, the really vain blonde girl. Um, and that's an interesting concept, too. Like, oh, I, let me take a really, really vain character and then make her, like, age rapidly. That's interesting. But at the end, she yeah. becomes, like, this monster. Like, she's crawling through this tunnel and like breaking her bones that okay to I, get to these kids yeah. and it's like it's focusing more on what's a scare what's a scary gross way of depicting getting old than mm -hmm. actual story logic or meaning yeah why would she be doing that why does she want to kill these children she's because she doesn't like how she looks now yeah she has wrinkles I, I agree. It makes no sense. But I, that was the only scene where I had any sense of, like, reaction. I thought, that's kind of creepy. That's kind of cool. I like this. That was, like, the only sequence mm -hmm. I thought, okay, this is cool. Everything else yeah, was just... Yeah, definitely made me squirm. Just the body horror of it. Yeah. Which, the bones cracking, the sound effect. Good stuff. Doesn't make sense. But it, I, 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 was, I was leaning for something. <laughs> And that was something. Um, yeah. I can't say I hate the twist. I think it's fine. I hate the twist. Oh, you do? I think it's bogged down so much in logic and science. It's like, I like in, in Sixth Sense, I like that the twist is that he's dead. And that it like takes place in this supernatural world where there's ghosts I see, and stuff. I see, I see, I see. Mm -hmm. I, I really just don't think this movie needed a twist. I or if it did, like I I think it did, but I just think I think it should have been handled better. I like the idea of I like the idea of this people of these people getting old as like an out of the bottle movie, right? Just mm -hmm. this this scary phenomenon. I think it could have been handled uh with more nuance, and I think it could have played more strongly into the metaphor and the yeah. idea without having to get bogged down in like the fake phony science at the end of this movie they're like oh well we found this beach that has ancient minerals underground and the yeah. minerals have this reaction with the sun so that your cells age rapidly but there is a kind of coral and that coral is the antidote so we put a, a coral reef i don't i don't care about any of that I'm so much more interested in seeing people react emotionally to getting yeah. older. Yeah, I agree. But I, I, uh, obviously the twist was, the, you know, they're taking people that are sick to this beach, certain patients, mm -hmm. and they're giving them medicine to see if it works. If the medicine works over time since they're not trying to test over time and over years. 
since this beach happens, you know, like a couple years happened in like an hour, they were able to test that quicker. And I was okay with that. Like in theory, like in theory, that sounds creepy and interesting and cool. But I think, yeah, like what you said, it was just too, like it it felt too like scientific. Like trying to bring in science into this and it takes away the creepy horror supernaturalness of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way that it's done and it was just too quick, I thought. And it's so disjointed from the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I thought Shyamalan's extended cameo, basically supporting role in this movie, was like in a way. so on the nose and kind of <laughs> egotistical. <laughs> Uh, yeah, kind of. When you see it, you'll know. You're like, oh, okay. What he's trying to do with this is so obvious. It's so come on. And again, just disjointed. Like it's not yeah. the movie didn't need any of that stuff. No. The graphic novel that it's based on, which is just called Sandcastle, I believe is pretty vague about why they start aging rapidly. Like it's just a scary thing that happens, and then they die, and the sandcastle gets washed away. And it's over. And I think I would have liked that ending. Like, I I like the existential horror of this idea. And there's one scene where um, where the parents die. And I thought that was a really good scene. That was the one scene that I really liked. Where they... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They die by the campfire. That was a very emotional, very intimate, it's character, a good family, scene. core Yeah, scene. but... I, at that point, I didn't give a shit about any of them, so it's it, it was hard right. for me to kind of... I can see it working. I can definitely see that moment working, if I cared. Right. But none of them were humans. Yeah. Yeah. But I do agree, like, it, that I was agree. the only sequence that was like, okay, good job. That wasn't bad. If I had cared, this would be better. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I think... The sh- that one shot during that sequence where it starts with um, with Vicky Creeps' character at the campfire. She starts walking slowly to the water. The camera pans sideways following her and then it moves ahead of her into the water and then it comes back and she's lying down. Like That felt to me like the sort of flashy but still effective and useful camera techniques that he used in Unbreakable. Right, 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 right. Uh in the rest of the movie, the crazy zooms and spins For around. No it's like pointless reason. and it's not, it's literally nauseating. It's literally nauseating. My brother was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to throw up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right next to me. Motion sickness. It's like, I don't know. Part of me is like, again, it's like, uh, good job for doing something, like at least trying to do something different, but it just doesn't work. Like, he definitely has a passion for what he's doing. Again, he's not our next Spielberg. I'm sorry. He's our next Ed Wood. I feel so bad saying that, but... I mean, it's too late for him to be the next Spielberg. They've already crowned, like, three next Spielbergs after him. <laughs> Who do you think is the next Spielberg? I don't think there is a next Spielberg. I mean, they tried to make Abrams the next Spielberg. They tried oh, it with Shyamalan. No. They tried it with Zemeckis. I just don't think there is one. Maybe like, Ryan Coogler? Spielberg wasn't the next Hitchcock. He has a totally different individual yeah. style than Hitchcock, you know? I think the next big name, famous, iconic director 
will be something totally new. Yeah. Because every director that's like out now, they're their own thing. They're not like Spielberg. They're not like the Safties. They have their own unique yeah. style. Damien Chazelle is very musical and fast. Yeah. Edgar Wright, same thing. He's doing new things. He's not anything like Spielberg or anything like Hitchcock. He's Edgar Wright. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the closest, I think, would be like Ryan Coogler. Really? I think so, maybe. I guess. I think in his actual skill, I agree. But because he's really only, except for his first movie, Fruitville Station, he's really yeah. only made like big franchise stuff you know he made a rocky movie and then a marvel movie mm -hmm. it's hard for me to see him as a spielberg type because i think of spielberg is so original at least when he was at ryan coogler's age and at his point in his career yeah true mm. i feel like jaws and close encounters his and early raiders movies, are like so different raiders they, they take they pay major homage to earlier stuff yeah but they're clearly spielberg but they're just so like groundbreaking and new mm-hmm and I don't really see that with any Googler stuff, yeah. Or yeah. He definitely but has I do, a voice. I do though. like Googler. I think he's a Oh yeah, he's great. Director. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, old. Oh, I forgot about that. Um I, 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 there's nothing else to say. It's weird. It's trash, but it's not. It's great, but it's not. It's hilarious, but it's not. <laughs> it's 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 something. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. If you're into happening weird awkward stuff this is the movie for you it is so weird and odd and stupid and awesome and i thoroughly enjoyed it <laughs> i don't even know what to rate this do you do you have anything else to say colby i give it a four out of ten uh-huh Three, five, four, like between there, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. No. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see Thomas and Mackenzie in Last Night in Soho. Oh yeah. And in Power of the Dog, the other performances she has coming out this year. Alex nice. Wolf was great in Pig earlier this year. I really liked him in that. Gotta watch He's, that. I'm sure got exciting stuff coming up. Like the two of them are so promising. Um, where did you see pig by the way i saw it at a theater in oh um, in a theater yeah uh, at the puente hills mall in cerritos really is that cerritos or is that norwalk that's norwalk i think yeah it was in very limited theater so i had to i had to seek out where it was playing and drive out there nice all right it's very good i'll have to check that out but yeah old uh old ah uh, we're done. We did it. Good job. Woo! All right. Now let's move on to Shyamalan's obvious best movie, The Last Airbender. Oh, my God. <coughs> Colby, what do you think of The Last Airbender? That was my first Shyamalan movie. Nice. Not a good, not a good, a uh, not a good way to start. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Oh, I mean, what a great way to start. That was great. Shyamalan's Last Airbender is Didn't like. It didn't ruin my all-time favorite TV show. It's no, no, not at all. No, everything's it, fine. They they said the main character's name correctly. They 
You know, they, <laughs> <laughs> they did everything that was supposed to be done. Yeah, of course. Hey, it's got Dev Patel. Any movie with Dev Patel in it is a win in my book, baby. Yeah, boy. Hey, speaking of Dev Patel, what have you been watching lately? <laughs> well, okay. Um, you got any recommendations for our listeners, Sebastian? Uh, you sure do. Damn it. Um, I've been rewatching. Uh, for some reason, I've been watching uh, the the DreamWorks movies. Um, okay. How to Train Your Dragon Two. Holy Great. shit. The best computer animated movie that they've made. Not even kidding. Holy shit. Um, Prince of Egypt is their best movie, though. Um, Prince of Egypt. Oh, man. Suicide Squad. I finally saw. Fantastic. The new one? Yeah, The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, sorry. The, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. You just put the in front of the movie and it becomes a better movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, The Batman... Will be great, and I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I and can't wait the for cats. and the Superman, <laughs> <laughs> and the Spider Man. But um, should we should we make the old to uh, the old? Oh no, the old, <laughs> the, the old, old what? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, when was the last? Oh, uh, yeah, I've just been watching a bunch of animated movies. Because I'm I'm very much into anima- animation. Um, I also finally watched The Wolf of Wall Street, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. You hadn't seen it before? Uh, not all the way, no. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. I watched it with my parents. Can we do that? Not awkward at all. You did? Yeah. Sebastian. Yeah, it wasn't awkward at all. Don't worry about it. Dude. Well, okay, my dad put it on <laughs> thinking it was a real estate movie. Uh, and oh it my kind gosh. or not a really like you know business movie, and it kind of wasn't. It has elements of business, obviously, but it's a movie about addiction. Yeah, it's, it's more of like a broad satire. Yeah, it's a broad satire. It's a movie about addiction and a man's rise and fall. It's a Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> so fantastic! I loved it. We all loved it, but yeah, not you know awkward. What you should at watch all. with your parents next. Mm. Boogie Nights. Serbian film. Or Salo. <laughs> Salo. I've seen Salo. Have you seen Salo? It's not good. No, I haven't. I hear it's wild. It's uh, something. Um, and I guess I will watch Boogie Nights with my parents. <laughs> Coffee, what have you been watching? Uh, maybe Fifty Shades of Grey with your grandma would be oh, nice. Awesome. I might um, do that. Yeah, maybe maybe the devils with uh your your little brother. <laughs> the devils. Have you heard of the devils? Let me look this up. Uh, but it's a crazy unhinged movie with nuns. Uh, oh my had, god! It had a cameo in Space Jam for some reason, even though it's like NC seventeen. It did. <laughs> yeah. In Space Jam. You know the you know the big crowd of uh, in the new one of all, of all like the Warner Brothers own characters in the background they use the devils. <laughs> Holy hell! Oh god! Right next to the Clockwork Orange guys. Aren't we progressive? Stupid. Oh man. <clears throat> oh god! This um, looks insane. I I recently watched three different movies that I really want to recommend each of them in completely totally different ways. Each of them is very weird, very artsy, and very spooky. 
Uh, the first is the Green Knight. Ooh. Um. I I'm a, I'm be completely upfront. I don't get it. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what's going on in that movie. What the meaning is. I did not understand it. But boy, did I love it. I had such a good time watching it. It is so visually gorgeous, and the performances are so good. Every just craft, physical, visual aspect of it is so good. The makeup, the production design, the costumes, right. the VFX, the cinematography. I just, I had a blast. I was so enthralled and thrilled and entranced by it. I, it's such an experience. I really recommend you see that movie. I can't wait to see it again. Again? <clears throat> Hopefully. Uh, again. <laughs> Hopefully on a second viewing, I will understand it. More. Awesome. Um, I will watch it. Then I saw Annette. Huh? Oh, Annette. With, with um, Annette. Daddy Driver. Yeah, I was really excited to see this because I love Sparks. They're one of my favorite bands and they wrote this. It's directed by Leos Carax. I haven't seen any of his other movies. I want to see Holy Motors after seeing this. But he's a pretty unhinged director. He's pretty out there. Um, I like Adam Driver. I like Marion Cotillard. The aspect of um, one of the guys from Big Bang Theory being in like an artsy opera film. I was like, well, I got to check that out. Yeah, um, of course. It was very good. It's, nice. We talked about Umbrellas of Cherbourg last week and how it's very operatic and melodramatic and... It's like that if instead of being like candy and just really sweet and nice, it was kind of dark and twisted and demented and somewhat like a melodramatic and somewhat like dark comedy satire. Right. It's pretty out there. I feel like I understood it more than Green Knight, even though it's also very weird. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's that deep necessarily it certainly has a strong message but i feel like it's pretty uh on the surface right. it's just i've it's it's you don't see movies done like this anymore it no. heavily features puppetry which i love oh that's awesome uh so i really recommend that one that's a crazy crazy experience of a movie and then the last one i want to say is the night house i'm not gonna oh, give too much away I've been it's really to see excellent that one. uh uh i think fairly low budget horror th psychological thriller and yeah. it is my favorite movie of the year so far oh i like that okay so i really highly recommend all three of those rebecca hall and the night House i was gonna say that's the one with rebecca like hall this right? year's tony collette like she's not gonna get nominated and i'm gonna be pissed mm, damn you hate to see every it. year there's a lady that gives a really great performance in a in a horror movie and doesn't get what she deserves it was tony collette in hereditary it was florence Pugh in midsummer it was it was it was uh uh what's her name in us um uh Lupita Nyong'o. Thank you. It was Lupita Nyong'o in us, and I think this year it's Rebecca Hall in the Night House. Friggin' racist Academy and horror movies. Yeah, the Academy <laughs> uh, is is really stupid when it comes to horror movies. Yeah, they're they very. No, well, I don't get it. They discriminate. Yep, you could say, but never mind. You could, and I do. <laughs> uh, I think we're done I'll all watch right, all three so, movies that sounds um, awesome usually at this point in the podcast we would say uh, here's what we're going to talk about next week goodbye but 
the thing is that we don't know exactly what we're going to be talking about next because we don't know exactly when the next episode will be. <laughs> no, we don't. <gasps> uh, we're we're coming back. This isn't. We're not. We're not getting canceled. No, no, just no. yet. Just yet. Um, no, I haven't said anything yet. We are taking a, a bit of a hiatus because some crazy life stuff is coming up. We're both starting uh, new years of college. New schedules. Um, new crazy moving. things. Yeah, I'm moving on to campus for the first time to study film. Uh, it's exciting. Woo! Good job, um, boy. Thank you. But um, yeah, so it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. We don't know what our schedules or recording um, availabilities or even just like physical recording spaces will be like. So we're going right. to figure that out. We're going to figure out a new theme song for when we come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on when we come back, we'll be talking about whatever crazy new thing is hitting the scene. I like it. Yeah. And uh, all of this will be announced on our social media for uh, whenever and whoever will be on the next episode and whatever we'll be talking about. Make so. sure to sign up for the Amateur Cast newsletter. We Correct. couldn't afford uh, stamps. No. So I will just drive to your house Correct. every Tuesday at <laughs> 9.38 yes. if you sign up. And I will knock on your window. Um, break it. <laughs> and um, I'll break in and I'll, I'll start <laughs> just talking to you about movies. And then if you don't obviously accept it, who eat your goldfish? Uh, I don't know. Don't worry about it. I'm tired. Are you still there, Colby? Sorry, I was doing a newsletter run. I the, <laughs> I, got, I was like, Colby, what happened? <laughs> <coughs> God, I'm so tired. Um, he got him. Okay. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. It's been very nice. Uh, see you next time, whenever that may be. Don't go to the beach. No. Or you will get all...